Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Misra, and as you probably know, Misra is the last month in the Coptic year. So around this time, we're very close to the Coptic New Year, or the Feast of Nairuz, which is on September 11th. So September 11th is Happy Happy New Year. And the church reminds us at the end of the of the year that about the end of time, that our time is running out. And today the gospel was from Mark 13. And the gospel started out by the disciples asking the Lord, when will the world end? When will these things happen? And the Lord said to them, tell us, or then he said to them, he gave a long answer, but he said to them, take heed and watch and pray, for you do not know when that time is. You don't know when the world is going to end. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to to watch. He commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, in the, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest, some, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. 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 And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. And so the, what we're going to talk about today is watching. And the question I would like you to ask yourselves is, am I watching? Am I watching? Because sometimes maybe we have doubts about our salvation. We wonder, are, am I going to heaven? Am I, am, is, like, am I living the right way? Am I going to heaven? I think the, the Lord is very clear. And the answer is very clear. Heaven is for those who are on watch. Heaven is for those who are on watch. The ones who are waiting for the Lord to return, the ones who are expecting the Lord to return, and are prepared to meet Him. Those are the people that will inherit the eternal life. So we must be on watch. All of us have to be on watch. And today I want to speak about three things that we can sort of... If we do these three things, we can see, are we on watch? Maybe we're not on watch. Maybe we need to be more watchful. But before we talk about those three things, let's talk about the opposite of watchfulness. What's the opposite of watchfulness? I had to look this up in a thesaurus. But the opposite of watchfulness is carelessness, inattentiveness. Carelessness and inattentiveness. And in the Gospel of the Vespers last night, we read a passage from Luke 17, and the passage, in that passage, the Lord gave us a few examples of people who were careless and inattentive. Careless and inattentive. And let's listen to some of those examples. The first example that was given was the example of, anybody remember? No, Luke 17 is the example of Noah. And he talked about the people in the days of Noah. And hear what is written about the people in the days of Noah. It's written about them that they ate, they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until that day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them. Ate and drank. What's the problem with eating and drinking? All of us, we eat and drink. What 
in the days of Noah, when he was talking about eating and drinking, he was talking about excess eating and drinking. He was talking about the parties. He was talking about the debauchery that was happening in those times. And marrying and giving in marriage, he was talking to the sexual immorality that was happening at the time. That's an example of carelessness and inattentiveness. That's an example of carelessness and inattentiveness. And then he gave another example. He gave the example of Noah, and then he gave the example of... the example of Lot. And he said the same thing about the the people in the days of Lot. He says that they ate, they drank. Here he added some extra ones. They bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Many people are watchful about their money. Many people are watchful about their money, their businesses, their investments. And they go and they meet with investment planners and different banks. And they're always caring about their investments and their money and their wealth or their careers. And they they put great effort in valuing their careers. And even education could be in the same category. And they value all of these things. And at at the end of time, all those things will pass away. The Catholic epistle today, it it says in St. James, an idea that was present in that time and is present today. Today, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. The people who are thinking about their, their businesses and their wealth. He says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow... For what is your life? And then he says, your life is just a vapor. And then, you know, another place in 1 Corinthians, St. Paul, he says, some people have this idea of philosophy, let's eat, drink, and be merry. But if you are if you are on watch, then you cannot do these things. You cannot do these things if you are on watch. We don't want to be like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah who cared about their pleasure and their money, and they suffered a bad fate. And you can see the same thing. Lot and Noah, both the people, destroyed. And although that might sound difficult or overbearing, I think it's not for three reasons, very quickly. One, it's not overbearing because God was always sending messages to those people to be on, to be on watch. You better watch, or else if you don't watch, I'm going to destroy. Be on watch. Please change. Please. So God was always sending messengers to those people to, to change. Number two, God is very fair and God is very just. And even our earthly experience tells you that if someone, like let's do a little analogy. Imagine you had two teachers and one teacher, you just came into the classroom and they said, pop quiz right now. You'd say, teacher, you never even told us there was a pop quiz coming. Or never even like warned us that that would be something you would consider. But imagine if another teacher said, there's a very good chance that tomorrow there's going to be a pop quiz. There's a very good chance, very high probability. I can't guarantee it. I don't know. Maybe it comes to tomorrow. Maybe it comes the day after. And then you are a student in that class. And then you walked in. And then the teacher said, oh... It's pop quiz time. Wouldn't you say, oh, teacher gave us 
warning prepared us. It's fair now. And then if you don't do well on the pop quiz, whose fault is it? Is it the teacher's fault or is it your fault that you didn't prepare? So God is fair. Even in school, if you don't prepare for your exam, you're going to get a bad grade. No, you can't go to the teacher and say, well, this exam was tricky and whatever. You can, but at the end of the day, your grade is going to be the same grade. I love when the kids say, I got to be in that class because my teacher was bad. I say, does it say on your report card, I got to be on it because my teacher is bad? No, it just says, be. Take it and leave it. So the idea is that it is fair. It is fair. The pop quiz was coming and you should be prepared. The other thing is that God is so merciful that even if, you know the parable of the vineyard, and he hired different people at different times of the day, and he agreed on a wage for them, and said, if you come at this time in the morning, I'm going to give you a denarii. Then he went out and hired people at the different times of the day. Then the people at the 11th hour, they only came and they worked one hour, and the Lord gave, or the landowner gave him the denarii, the full denarii. So the Lord is so merciful. If you work one hour, one hour, if you give, even if you've wasted 10 years of your life, or 10 hours of the day, or and on wasting it on whatever, and you came for one hour, you're still eligible to get the whole prize. Isn't that fair, very fair? But if you refuse all those things, then God will destroy. So that's about being unwatchful. What C.S. Lewis says, he says something very nice. He said, there are two kinds of people in the end. Hear this, two kinds of people in the end. The ones who will say to God, Thy will be done. Those who will say to God, Thy will be done. And then there will be others to whom God says, Thy will be done. You get it? Or... Thy will be done. The good person says, Thy will be done. And the wicked, the people who are not watching, God will say to them, Thy will be done. I hope we're not in, in that category. We should be praying, Thy will be done. So thus far we've talked about carelessness and inattentiveness. Now three things about watchfulness. Three things to know, am I being watchful? Because if, if you're not being watchful, then that's not good. Okay? But three things about being watchful. First thing, to be watchful means to live a life of repentance. A life of repentance. Are you living a life of repentance? That's why the church is always te- teaching us to repent and confess. Like, be great like on a monthly basis. Always checking on your spiritual status. Putting, don't you do the same thing in your work? You have one-on-ones with your bosses, one-on-ones with your advisors, one-on-ones with your business, your accountant. Every time there's checking in points to check that you are progressing in the spiritual life. Sometimes if we don't check in the spiritual life, like, say like, you should read a chapter a day from the Bible. And you, you know, after confession you feel really good about it. Then the next time you come is like 10 months later. And how many chapters have you read after 10 months? Three or four, maybe five. Be better if you came like the month after you said, oh, you know what? The Bi-, Or like a week after said, oh, you know, I haven't been doing a good job on the Bible. Then you say, it's okay, Abby, just keep going, try again. Everyone needs that encouragement in their spiritual life. So the ones who are missing that, it's a big loss. 
So live a life of repentance. A life of repentance entails also being acknowledging your weakness, knowing that you are changing your ways. Changing your ways. Sometimes we come and repent, but we don't change our ways. You know, like Albert Einstein, he said this, he said, the definition of insanity, definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and expect different results. To expect different results. So if you are living in a life and you come and repent, but then you don't change anything, then guess what's going to happen? The same thing over and over and over again. That's why when you repent, you should try to change. Struggle against the sin. Put limits on yourself. If it's your phone that's distracting you, or you're seeing bad movies or whatever, then you should put limits on your phone. Don't just, okay, I repented and now my phone is all available, and then go back to life. Try to set limits. Try to make a schedule. Try to do something. You have to change something. You can't do the same thing over and over and over again and expect... Different results. It doesn't work. That's insanity. So life of repentance is the life of metanoia. Changing the way. Changing the path. Being on the godly path. And you should change your ways now. Change your ways now. In Hebrews chapter 4 says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. If you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. To be watchful, number two, to be watchful means to have an active prayer life. An active prayer life and an active relationship with the Word of God. Praying and watching go hand in hand. You know when the Lord was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before the crucifixion, what did He tell the disciples to do? He said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and praying go hand in hand. And that's why the idea about watching in prayer is that we are attentive to the Lord's coming. We are not dormant. You know what dormant means? Dormant means to be inactive. But to be watch in prayer is like why we pray in the midnight hour of the Agbeya when we remember, we remember the story of the ten virgins. The ten virgins, they were gathered together, and guess what? They all, actually they all slept. It's written in the parable that they all slept. But unlike, like maybe Peter in the garden, when like Peter slept, he wasn't ready. You know, he was sleeping, like sleeping. The five wise virgins, they were sleeping, but they were ready. They had the oil ready. They weren't dormant. I don't want you to confuse the idea of being dormant and sleeping. One of the ideas that uh, like some of the youth said is, why does our church hate sleep? Our church doesn't hate sleep. Our church hates dormant, inact- inactivity. Our church loves for us to be active in waiting for the Master to come. Doesn't the, the five wise virgins, they slept. They were sleeping, but they were ready. When the Lord came... They were ready to go. The foolish ones, they were like, oh, uh, where's, uh, where's the oil? We need to go get oil. We need to go trade. We need to, oh, we're not prepared. Oh, the garments. Oh. And then, khalas, bridegroom came and left. And then, you know what the bridegroom said to them? He said, watch, therefore, for you know not when the, the bridegroom is coming. So he told them to watch. 
That's what we're talking about today is watching. I think all of us, we could benefit from the litanies that we say in the midnight prayer. Watch what we say. We say, behold, the bridegroom is coming at midnight. Blessed is that servant whom he finds watching, but he who he, who he finds sleeping, the one who is dormant, the one who is inactive, is unworthy of going with him. Therefore take heed, O my soul, that you may not fall into deep sleep, but and then be cast out of the kingdom, but watch and cry out, saying, Holy, holy, holy are you, O God, for the sake of the Theotokos, have mercy on us. The second one's even nice. It says, it says, O my soul, be mindful of that awesome day. And wake up and light your lamp with the oil of joy, for you do not know when the voice will call upon you, saying, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. So take heed, my soul, not to fall asleep. Again, don't be dormant, lest you stand outside knocking like the five foolish virgins, but watch and entreating that you may meet the Christ the Lord with the rich oil, and He may grant you the wedding of His true and heavenly glory. That's why the monastics, what do they do? They actually wake up at four in the morning. Because they took it very little. We're not sleeping. If the Lord comes at midnight, we're ready. We're going to be ready for Him. Something that we should do too when we wake up. That's why we start our day with prayer. That's why we should start our day with prayer. The last thing about being watchful is to endure persecution. To endure persecution. To be watchful is to endure persecution. The watchful person is so preoccupied and thinking about the Lord that when he's thinking about the Lord, other people think this guy is kind of crazy. Uh, you don't do those things. You don't drink. You don't uh, do like date. You don't do those. That's weird. That's weird. You're weird. That's that's a sign of watchfulness. That you are going to endure persecution. That you will be considered an outcast among your people. So if you are in that category, that's a good sign that you are watching. Because that's what the Lord said. He said in the gospel of today, He said in the, but watch out for yourself. They will deliver you up to councils and you will be beaten in the synagogues and you will be brought before rulers and kings for my name's sake for a testimony to them. So being watchful means you're going to endure some persecution. I think one of the problems now is we're trying to fit in. This scares, like, this is very scary. Everyone's trying to fit in. Oh, we all want to dress the same way everybody else is dressing. Oh, we want to do the same thing everybody else is doing. That's not being watchful. That's going with the flow. If there's a party or whatever, and we know that there's going to be... We're, that's We don't want to fit in. We want to be... Different. That the difference, like being different is being on watch. Being different is being on watch. We said three things in the characteristic of watchfulness. We said one, the life of repentance. To live a life of repentance. Two, a life of prayer. A life of prayer and Bible reading. A life of prayer and Bible reading, not just reserved for Sunday. A life of prayer and Bible reading. And three, a life of persecution. A life of persecution. A life of carrying your cross. If you don't want to carry our cross, then... That's not not being watchful. Everyone has to carry their cross. Can you say those again? Life of repentance and purity. 
a life of prayer and Bible reading, and a life of persecution. Those are three things to see if you are living a watchful life. If not, try to be watchful. A call to be watchful, to wait for your bridegroom. And glory be to God forever. Amen. <coughs>